0: Hi, this is Christopher Mitten, artist of Umbral and Criminal Macabre, and you're listening to Eleven O'clock Comics.
1: <laughs> Exactamente. Just for you.
2: Well, it's for for everyone. You needed a little cheer up. I figured least I can
1: do. It. Everyone gets the, will reap the benefits of your wu. Oh, yeah. Why not? Power. It's a thing. It's become a thing. If if we ever started an episode without the woohoo, people would be like, What the hell's up? Why it sounded different. It's wrong. Change it.
0: Make it go back it to is. the way it was. People are traditionalists. They like the woohoo. They like to drink roll call. Remember we yeah. got rid of that for a while. Yeah. They uh they really like the in your travels. That that's a that's a I know.
1: Point. Yeah, that's a tough one. Can't keep. It's kind of just like saying, "All right, we out without doing it." You know, yeah. you have to do that.
2: That's off. yeah
1: That was a mechanism put in place because we didn't really want to end. One of us yes. did. One of us did. Uh,
2: but, oh, of course, yeah, one of us did. But, yeah, but we also we we tend to we always read more than what yeah. we discuss during the show. So we also,
0: yeah, theoretically, it's a little like end cap, like thirty second. Elevator pitch for one other thing to read or check out, but it ends up being another whole segment. That that's what how we do. That
2: was
1: this, what it was intended to be. Yeah, was yeah. a real quick. I right, read this; it's great. Here's why it we're does. out. But it became what it is because we don't be know when to,
2: to shut control. up. Yeah, yeah, and well, we hope so you. I'm in- <laughs> just gonna say we don't we don't see each other often enough, so I'm in no rush to get off the phone. No, you hang up. No, you hang up.
1: How do I top that? Ah, uh, by telling you this is eleven o'clock comics, episode eight hundred and sixty-three. Yeah, and I am Vince B. How's that?
2: <laughs> How was that? Rex over here.
1: Yeah. Holy shit. Wheel of that Steel. Was
2: amazing.
1: I'm three. I want you to tell me the name of my DJ. One. Okay, go ahead.
2: Let me say call I am David A. Price. <laughs> Yeah, this is true, and I'm your I'm
0: your fearless leader, Wesley Gibson. Oh, good old it busted.
1: Not Wesley Gibson, you Jason Wood, everybody. But and you still want me though? Wow. Uh, and this buy me a car, yeah, is gonna be one of them.
0: <laughs> Jesus.
1: Good old fashioned. She earns every
0: penny of that car, I assure you.
1: Nothing. What is happening? Good old fashioned, just talk about comics episode. No guests, although we love them. This is just going to be traditional, everyday EOC, and we hope you enjoy it. Old school. Yes, because.
0: OG style.
1: Like always, this episode has been sponsored by cheapgraphicnovels.com. What does that name mean to you? Does it mean you could, good deals? Yeah, it doesn't mean you can take your car there and get it washed. No, it means you are going to get cheap graphic novels if you go to cheapgraphicnovels.com. Omnibu, collected editions, manga, all that stuff is available at cheapgraphicnovels.com for a fraction of the price. Now I've been pimping the Romnibus pretty hard because I want y'all to in, uh, read it and enjoy it, especially if you haven't read it before. It's going to be a revelation. But I did some snooping. The second volume is you didn't up. have to snoop. Well, it's a scenario. I'm writing oh, a, a okay. screenplay here. Go for it. Go for it. I, <clears throat> I did some snooping, and the second volume of the Romnibus is now up for pre-order. So please, if you haven't traveled to CheapGraphicNovels.com. Go there, because you are going to get these things for 40% off. It's not going to cost you $125. No, even though that would be well worth it. It's like paying for the good food like Jason. The better food costs a little bit more because it's it's an experience. ROM is an experience, and you should be reading it and loving it. $74.99. That's ridiculous. And when you place your order, you're going to receive an email confirmation that says thank you for placing an order. We love you so much. And you're going to reply to that email message saying, you know what, this is great. I love savings, but I wouldn't have known this if 11 O'Clock Comics didn't send me because they pushed me. Go ahead. You do it and you will get, you will receive free shipping on your next order. That's crazy. Who offers free shipping these days? Nobody. Nobody cheapgraphicnovels.com dot com. Go there. You yeah, plebeians,
2: you're not plebeians. So it looks like it's going to be uh, three volumes altogether, right?
1: Yes, because it ends at seventy five.
2: Right. So what else? So I know the second volume's got the Marvel two and one. It's got some other things, but
1: annual one and two.
2: Right. And 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 the first volume's about thirty or so. So what aside from the twenty five issues? Um, what else might they pad the third volume with?
1: Uncanny X-Men, because okay. the Dire Wraiths traipsed into oh. Uncanny, and I think there was an issue of the Avengers as well, one or two issues of the Avengers. The Wraiths were everywhere at one time. So I'm, get, I'm hoping that they just put those issues in, because 30 to 50, 20 issues and two annuals plus the Marvel 2 and one that's a little on the thin side for an omnibus. Like if they really wanted to, they could have done this in two volumes. I'm just saying but it 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 remains to be seen what they're going to include with the third volume.
2: That's that's the difference between like the Burn Fantastic Four volume one and the Kirby Captain America. I don't or the Defenders. That I don't I don't mind an omnibus because one thing that kind of turns me off with Omni's and Absolutes is how just Thick they are and and not only are they heavy but i mean they're just not that, they're that heavy but it it it's it's depending on how you're going to be sprawled out to read it it's you know you're worried about gutters you're worried about getting inside the the, the interior portions of, of of the issues so it, it's i don't mind a slightly thinner omnibus i'll give you the word i want to be able to
1: read it for free here's the word unwieldy yes. that's the perfect word for those big that, ass that's omnibus.
2: exactly what it is
1: I love The Master of Kung Fu, Omnibu, but they are thick as hell. And they aren't even the thickest ones. So Tomb of Dracula is pretty damn thick, too.
2: But, yeah, I think you're right. uh, The first Amazing Spider-Man one is pretty thick. Yeah,
1: that's big. If your leg falls asleep when you're reading a book, I think the book's a little too heavy. Yeah, I need the blood flow because I might use it. You never know. All right. It's been a week, and I have a surprise... Oh Yes, for Sir David. Oh, speak on it. Yeah, well, I usually drink water. So this time around I said, you know what, I'm going to light a fire under my booze, took us. And I went and I got some wine. <sighs> yeah, oh. it's, I guess this is the equivalent of drive through wine. It doesn't look too upscale to me. It's from Franklin Hill Vineyards. Maybe they won't like me calling this drive through wine, but it's the perception I'm getting from this. It did not break the bank. Let's just say that. Uh, Franklin Hill Vineyards. It's a red wine with natural flavor, 12% alcohol by volume. It's called Redhead. And there's a black and white image of a young lady with the pooched out rictus. And she has uh, heart-shaped glasses and uh, red lines in her hair. What's it called? Redhead. Redhead. It's Raise Your Glass to the Rare, the Beautiful, the Bold, the Curious, Redhead. Franklin Hill. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, I, it's got a little bit of musky, spicy on the back yep. end. That's okay. I I don't mind. It only cost me like 12 bucks. So okay. It's it's not hoity toit, but it's kind of tasty-wasty. That's all I got. I dig it. Salute.
0: Salud. What you, what you got, Bill? Well, you might have heard me just open it. I'm drinking some Schweppes pink grapefruit sparkling water.
1: Oh, we heard you. Huh? Yep.
0: Yeah, we did. Yep.
1: these like cracking king crab legs. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I had some salmon. It's close. Oh, me too. Love that there, salmon.
0: Love it. Yeah.
1: I had some smoked salmon Saturday.
0: Oh, I'm not a Ooh, fan.
1: Right out of the, what? Right out yeah, of the smoker. Delish. No. I don't know. Okay. You know, likey.
2: Survey says yes. I uh, I added some uh, smoked salmon to the um, when I when I pulse the the ground salmon to um, to make the salmon burgers. Gives it a nice little kick. There you go. Well, Vince, just for you. Nice. I too am enjoying some wine. Well, look at that. This is the Mill Keeper. I really, really like the label. Um, it is a Cabernet Sauvignon from California. First time, uh, having it and uh, I dare say it will not be my last.
1: I love the word dare say. <laughs> I really do. I like it. it. It, it commands my attention. I, you could be speaking and uh, I'm not really paying attention to it, but you say mm-hmm. dare say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm listening now. I don't know why it's just a word, but some words just ring the bell. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. Are you jealous of the stuff that's coming out of SDCC? San Diego Comic Con for those of you who don't know?
2: Uh I have not seen I know Fanta's not there because I got their email saying that Fanta's not in San Diego. Yeah, but they're currently uh, running a twenty five percent off sale though. Right. Yeah, to to let you know that they're not. Um Yeah, I I haven't I, I haven't well Today, I was kind of busy at work, so I didn't get to check to see what um, what news or uh, any big doings are going on. I know that um, some publishers still have some things planned for the rest of the weekend as far as announcements go. But, yeah, yeah. I, I, I I don't know much.
0: Jason? But I know you. I love you. Right, here we go. He's dead, right?
2: Uh, wait, who is it? It's... Uh... It's the dude with the with the big
0: mole on his on his uh, above his eye. Um. Wow!
2: Oh, oh 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 yeah, Aaron Neville.
0: Yeah, uh, Aaron Neville. Yeah, I think he's dead. I think so. Rest in peace, pouring out for him. Well, no, he's you, eighty-two. He's alive and
2: kicking. Look yeah, at that. Great. We we have a, nice. a
1: tendency to kill people who aren't dead.
0: We are, we
2: just, really yeah. We're do. the worst. Yeah. We my just, still doing we're, it. We're gonna assume that everybody's alive because it's my not, man is still doing it. Good I would job. Yeah,
1: some of the people we we speak on that that are dead. I wish they weren't,
0: but yep,
2: and vice versa. Yeah,
0: I mean, there hasn't been much Indigo news, right? Because it's starting today, right? I mean, isn't? Well, I saw a lot. Of, saw a lot of toy yeah. images. Oh yeah, there's a lot. You mean the exclusives? Yeah. Uh, well, I need to give a huge thank you. Although he's going to be mad at me for doing this because he, as for as kind and generous as this person always is, he he equally hates to be recognized for it. Um. But Mr. Anthony G. Uh, was kind enough to get me a code from the Hasbro booth so that I could procure Chuckles.
2: Nice. I was going to ask because I saw you th- – yeah. I, I saw the thread on that. And I also,
0: you know what? Actually, before – I'll be remiss. And then I, I had already procured it and then Mr. Pat Loika was kind enough to send me a code as well. I had already procured Chuckles by that point, but it was still very thoughtful of him to do so.
2: Badass.
1: Well, see, the enterprising would, would buy two and sell one.
0: But you know too, me. I, I don't. Too I, much I don't have. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, I have a, a amount of. I value my time at a specific dollar amount, and it has to be worth doing beyond that. So, yes, yeah. Which so should we, make you feel good because I like to spend time with you. And, it, it does make me feel
1: very good, but I guess the windfall from a chuckles figure would not be thousands. No, millions. Millions of dollars. <laughs> so.
0: I, I presume ha, I was, you I I don't you know this, but I don't I never buy stuff on eBay anymore, but I presume Chuckles is forty-two bucks. Uh Alan has repulse. Uh I presume that means they'd what be selling it online for like 75, 80 bucks.
1: Oh, I was gonna say 150. Oh, really? No, maybe yeah. I I don't know how that works, yeah. I was going to make fun of you.
2: Oh. Uh yeah, 130 your best offer right now. Oh, there you go.
1: Okay. I was gonna make fun of you because I'm thinking who would want an action figure of a dude in a Hawaiian shirt. Like what's
0: the big thing.
1: And then I'm thinking, well, who would want an action figure of a turtle?
0: Right. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's all what yeah. you love for, for no discernibly logical reason. I'm buying all these GI Joe classified figures. <laughs> and, 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 you know, if I, if I saw a psychiatrist, I might want to sit down and talk to them about why I'm continuing to buy them. But nevertheless, I am. And, um, I love chuckles, right. In no small part because of the, Fantastic G.I. Joe uh, Cobra run that we had a few years back. Yeah. I think that was IDW, right? When they yes. first yeah. got the yeah, it was,
2: yeah. was it Christos Gage?
0: Shaker. Yeah, Christos Gage. it was an, I, I think it's it stands the test of time as one of the best G.I. Joe stories ever. And and uh yeah, so
1: did Shaken draw that or did he just do the covers? No.
0: He did the covers, yeah. Ah, that's right. Okay. There you go. I think it was um Antonio Fuso drew it, I
1: believe. Oh nice. Yeah, nope. it was a good looking book, yeah. Of course. Pusso's really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we should talk about the comics. That's why we're here.
0: I think so. I have a I I can lead right in because it's it's, it's it is it is exactly what we've been talking about. Um, Mr. Box Brown has oh, a new book out.
1: Don't get into too much detail. Go ahead, though.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a. Well, as I, I think, once I start discussing it, there's really not. It's there's I can't spoil it. I can't spoil it because uh, well, first of all, let's just say for the listeners, I think obviously the three of us are well, well versed in the box Brown, but box Brown has been making creator owned largely nonfiction comics for a minute. Um, His first, at least the first I was aware of was an awesome bio comic about Andre the giant. Um, Then he, I know he did a book on Tetris. He did one on Andy Kaufman. Um, He's, He's always been a big proponent of um, legalizing weed, so he did a, a he did a graphic novel about the case to legalize weed like long before it became actually starting to happen. Um, probably my favorite of his. Well, I love the Andre, but my second favorite of his books was uh, Child Star, where um, he talks about uh, you know a, a true to life um, you know child actor who and what it's like to grow up there. And then his latest book is. Uh, the He-Man Effect: How American Toy Makers Sold You Your Childhood. And you know, Vince, you won't. You seem like, reticent because you haven't read it yet. I won't. But but when I say like, there's no way to really spoil it. It first of all, it's nonfiction, and I will say that anyone that has watched the toys that made us, you know, that awesome Netflix uh, series, you've you've read what Box writes in this book. Um, it, it it pretty much takes a ton of the same information and presents it in his way. Um, so there's really no spoilers. I mean, if you're familiar with the history of the eighties toys that, that we love, then, um, then you're not going to be really surprised by this. I think younger readers who maybe um, would probably get a totally different take from this because it would feel more historical and more revelatory because they didn't live through it. Um, the one thing I'll say, and, and I would love to follow back up with this if and, if and when you both do read it, um, is I have loved most of Box's work. And I think, generally speaking, he takes a pretty critical eye of his subject matter. Um, I was a little deadened to this one for two reasons. One, as I said, it's already it's already a, a, an area that I had a lot of experience with not, not only because I lived it right. We're all, we're all, we all grew up in that era, give or take, but also because like I said, I, I think he really does cover even the narrative feels a lot like you're, what you're, you're reading a comic that, that is an adaptation of the Netflix series, even though I'm sure that's probably doing him a little bit of a disservice. That's what it felt like to me. But the other issue I have with it is that I think he, he does protest too much. And that's really why I thought it would make an interesting opening topic for us because It's fair to say that you can't be the comics uh, fanatics that we are or that most of our listeners are without being nostalgic, right? You would agree with that? Like it's – I think it's a really critical component to being a fan of something for decades. I don't know how you can escape it. Um, And I think Box really tries to make the case in this book that it's like insidious, that we were basically – brainwashed and conditioned into like this capitalist consumption and he paints it in a fairly negative light essentially implying that 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 there was a that all of our our, all of our childhood adoration from gi joe to transformers to he-man uh and the like um Is for the worse, that it really was just a a, a conditioning to get us to want to be – to spend money and and that he even cites evidence, which is probably true. I mean he generally does a lot of research that they discovered in the late 70s through a study that children couldn't discern between advertising and cartoons – they, what was cartoon or what was storytelling, and that's how they came up with this whole drive to start, you know, making these cartoons to sell us toys and so forth and so on. And even if that but and here's the point. Even if that's all true, and it probably was, because ultimately if you're selling stuff to people, you, you're going to do anything you can to get them to want to buy it. I guess I finished the book and I thought, mm, it makes me sad because he's my age. And if he really feels that way, that's a bummer to me because I don't think like, I don't view my nostalgia as a bad thing. Th- like, can it lead to irresponsible behavior? Sure. But, but so can lots of things, right? Overeating is bad for you. You know, over-drinking is bad for you. Like, but drinking a nice glass of wine or a nice glass, you know, mixed cocktails, great, right? Like, like all things with within moderation. And for me, and I think for you guys, and again, most of our listeners, I don't view nostalgia in and of itself as, like, a bad thing that we were somehow, like, unfairly conditioned to have like i I love nostalgia it fuels me it excites me it it gives me pleasure like i don't i don't feel like i don't look at the things i'm nostalgic for and have any sadness the only time i get sad is that the things that like it's harder at our age to be nostalgic for things because you've already experienced so much that you're it's if you can't ever recapture the pure joy and excitement you had for those things back in the day when you first discovered them and you're always trying to find things that excite you as much as that. And inherently they don't because they're not new. And, and like, so I just, I, I don't, it sounds like I'm totally trashing him. I'm not like, I love his work. Again, his whole catalog, I think is fantastic. And he's done, he's had an amazing career, 20 plus years. And I will absolutely buy his next book without question. But I just came away from this one feeling a bit bummed out because I'm like, damn, like, I hope a lot of people in our peer group don't feel that way about nostalgia. Like, I don't think it's this insidious thing that we should like regret. There's lots of things about the way we were raised in this country or conditioned or social mores or what have you, that probably weren't for the better. But I don't think being nostalgic as a kid because of the things we loved is bad personally. So, but I'm curious what you guys think, because we all live that era. I mean, give or take, we all grew up in that same era.
1: You know, aside from the love of family, friends and pets, I think nostalgia is one of the few salves of this existence. Mm-hmm. To 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 what for whatever whatever case maybe we were coerced or manipulated into having our parents well at the time I was older so the average buyer of these He-Man things maybe they were manipulated into buying them or coerced but you look back into it that was a great time for toys. Like you had He-Man, the Turtles were kicking Thundercats. Like, come on! If yeah. it was a bad thing, like, so why don't you just cut to the chase and say consumerism is a bad thing? Because that's what it's to, all
0: based on. So, to you, just hit the nail on the head. I, I think that is ultimately what he's trying to say. And look, that is a view shared by plenty of people. My my, my oldest son feels that. Right? He 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 generally thinks that capitalism consumerism is a a bad is bad for generally bad way to have a society built like more power to him if that's his point but i just felt like what you just said is right like he picked like there are often good things that come of of bad tidings and there are often uh like there's silver linings right to bad things and then vice versa there are bad outcomes to great things like i would argue the internet's overall unequivocally been great but we all can list off a bunch of things that are bad about the internet right That yeah. that's bad bad same thing with like i know this is going to cringe at this like ai i think ai will change the world in a lot of great ways and also in a lot of bad ways like there, there are just there's always point counterpoint and it's like mm. even if you want to take the stance that our 80s consumerism, consumerism capitalism push this and combined with like the jingoistic nationalism of 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 the reagan era was was bad for our country like and i'll I'll grant you that for, for the conversation. Like it's neither here nor there, but like, if you, if you want to take that stance, take that stance. But like, it's just weird to pick one of the few things I think that the silver lining of it, like, 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 I don't know, like to you, like, I guess I just, it's also weird to me that he's writing this. Cause I think he's writing this to a group of readers who inherently are nostalgic, right? Like who's reading a box bound graphic novel well, OK, I shouldn't say no one. Of course, some people are. But the vast majority of people reading box brown graphic novels are people who are comic book fans to the point where they go to previews. They have a comic book store that they go to, like, you know, that, that they're into comics to that extent, which would argue to me that you're likely nostalgic for not only comics, but lots of other things. So it's right. just a weird. it felt really weird. It felt it's, like he was trying to preach to us. And I'm like, bro, like I, I'm I'm out here trying to get codes for. GI Joe figures in San Diego like oh, about about it like I'm, I I'm trying to find time to watch this Robotech box that I have sitting next to me like I, I'm, I'm here for it you know
1: very nice linkage my friend thank you um, so if you go back um, a decade or so to my childhood this very same thing could be said about Aurora plastics and, mm. and, and the monster models and Mego Mego sold Mego, yeah. ridiculous amounts of toys Mm-hmm. and and we're, i don 't know if we were mani uh, evil can Matt that thing was everywhere mm-hmm. the the big wheel everybody had to have one so I mean the human organism, especially as we 've seen lately, the less intelligent examples, are very easily manipulated, so you you are you can't front on a, these companies doing the thing for which they were designed to do, which is sell. I get it. It's it's it could be evil, but people got to eat, right?
2: I how mean, many, how many Kickstarter campaigns do we see where it's like you know a retro handheld gaming machine or something like that? Everything, yeah. everything is. I, I'll go through emails anytime someone is sending me someone or trying to just promote something. It 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 always it someone is always going to try to remind you of something from your past in order to get you interested sure. in it so yeah. it's it, 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 yeah it's just the way there, it is.
1: there's a reason why there's a kurt where there was a, a wave of marvel figures that were 3.5 inches because oh, that yeah. that was the 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 standard when gi joe was big and everyone bought 3.5 inch action figures so, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think, again, I think it's protesting too much where... You That's know, what I'm saying. You, yeah, exactly. You, you can yeah, rage at the machine all you want, but number
0: one, that machine is never going to go away. And you're part of the machine.
1: Yes, he is. <laughs> well, not I, to
0: mention, I, I was going to make that point. Again, I'm really not trying to shit on Box because... Like, no, I, 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 I think to, his I've work met is it, great. I've read him many times. And I think he's an excellent storyteller, like yes. I said, I've read. It. Same. But, but like the majority of his books are nostalgic. Like, yeah. Did I buy? I I didn't buy Andre the Giant for no reason. I bought Andre because I'm nostalgic. For, I was a kid during the the era when Andre the Giant was, you know, Hulk Hogan's best friend and his worst enemy, right? Like that. Like, I I he wrote a book about Tetris not because the world desperately wanted to be educated on Tetris. He wrote a book because we're all nostalgic because Tetris was like a, one of the first massive social right. games, right? Like, like, like. So I'm just it's it was it just was a weird vibe. And again, maybe it's because maybe I'm. If others are reading it, maybe they didn't take it as as much of a pros, uh, as him proselytizing as I did. Um, maybe I'm misinterpreting his point, but I mean, I just came away feeling like, all right, man, like, right. you know, and if he, were, I, if, if I see him at Heroes, he's often at Heroes. I'm going to be like, I, like, do you not enjoy your, did you, like, do you not enjoy all these things? I, like, I assume you do. I mean, right. you know, to, I don't know. Man. I,
1: I would even argue that even with art that is not, of a bygone era, we're still looking for the, f- or we're still searching for that feeling we once had when we picked up our first comic and, and, and was we fell in love with the art form. And there was something that, that lit a fire that the, the possibilities of the medium became apparent. And you just like, Whoa, this, this Spider-Man story was great. I had so much fun reading this. And there's this little tiny kid in the back of your brain. That's just like, you know, when we go see that again, when we, when we going to feel that feeling again, because I miss it. And I think every new book that we read, whether we're cognizant of it or not, that, that desire to reclaim the wide eyed wonder that we once had for the medium is always there. It's never going to go away. Whether you, you know, like I said, whether you know it or not, why do we still buy these things? I mean, to be honest, they're nowhere near they were as good as they were when we were kids. It's just, that's just a fact uh so why do we what compels us to keep buying these and reading these and searching for them one of the my favorite books on the stands is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles why is the book that good yes and no it it it's not as good as it was during the Mirage years and that's the thing that put all the tank the the, the gas in in the tank for me it's remembering the Eastman and Laird glory years and and you know, we still have Eastman, yeah, but mm-hmm.
2: it's that nostalgia that keeps us rolling. I, I well, wouldn't, sh- Vincent. You and I are always bitching about how we wish we could read Spider Man again. Would be nice.
1: It would be real nice. Yeah, and we can read it. We just won't enjoy it, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> the
2: thing. Yeah, I mean, we, we well, kind of right. long for that that feeling of, of of what he. I mean, I don't need. I don't necessarily need to retread old stories told new, but I just, I want that, that feeling that I used to have reading that character, reading his stories. Yeah. And it
0: the other way too, right? I mean, I mean, there are, we, there's that expression always where people say, oh, I read, I rewatched or reread or re-listened to this. It still holds up. And it's like the still holds up is the sigh of relief because, and I don't want to put words in your guys' mouths, but I have had many experiences in my adult life where I've revisited something that I had huge nostalgia for. And because I'm now an adult with different perspectives, I'm like, oh. And I see it in a different way. And I'm like, oh, it really isn't like. Feel like uh, yeah. No, but well, Yeah, but I mean, like, and you're like, oh, man, like, I shouldn't have re- reread yes. this or rewatched yeah. it. Because yeah. it's now I'm not going to, like, I had it used to fill my heart with joy thinking back on it. Now I'm like, oh, it wasn't as good as I remember. Well, that's
1: that's but, unfair. That's very unfair. Because you're asking something of the art that it can't do.
2: Right, yeah,
0: they aren't they mature. With oh, I'm not. Well, yep. no, I'm not. It's not neither really fair. It, these are emotional reactions. Right. That's what sure. I'm saying. Like, like that's that, that's why I say the it. You often hear, hear or, see, or see someone write. It still holds up, and you're like, oh, good, because you think there are plenty of things that you're that at least for me don't hold up. So when something does hold up, I'm always like, oh yeah, like it's still. I still love it as much as I. And again, it, 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 there's no explanation for it, right? Like I have seen. I've seen Trading Places a hundred times. I still I, I get pure joy watching that movie. It like I could I could watch it every. It doesn't you know what I mean. But there are plenty of movies that I've rewatched and be like, oh, it's yep. not what I, not what I remember it to be, right? Like, like oh my god, it's not okay. It, it, and there's no I don't have an explanation for why certain things still seem perfect perfect to me. I mean, we've said this again. You can do the comics like like. Burn Claremont X Men is never far from the top of any list of greatest comics of all time, but if I'm being objective, like if I were to give my kid Burn Burn no. Co- Claremont, they'd be like, "What is this Fakakta? It's it you know because again the stuff we talk about like it's it's just you know, all the all the exp- expository stuff and the you know and it just just continue to repeat it's like it is kludgy in today's way of storytelling. It, it's unassailable to me because of what it meant to me and 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 how it filled filled my heart with the love for comics that I still have. But, but I can also objectively look at it now and be like, oh, but, you know, like it is it is, it is of its time, right? And so that's the thing. Like I, I all this being said, like we're going a lot of different directions. But I just, yeah, I I just I, I felt I wanted to open with this because I just thought, like, man, like. Our show, our fandom, being a fan in general of things is, I think, hugely driven by nostalgia. Almost a hundred percent. Yeah, I think it always will be. Yeah. No,
1: I'm 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 on the same base with you there. Um, I I just, you know me the, the thing where to to read someone write or type, uh, you know, this didn't hold up. It's you're if if it did hold up, you're damn lucky because you've managed to. Embrace that part of you that was living and breathing way back when, when you read this thing. So to, to, to view it through your present day eyes and expect to feel the same thing you did or a a, a portion of what you felt 40, 50 years ago, that's, that's unfair because the art is perfect. It's not going to change. It's static. It is the exact same thing. It was way back when. It's you that changed. So turn that finger around. Don't point it at the art. Point it at yourself. Say, I'm not the same person I was when I read this. It didn't hit me the same way. Not that it didn't hold up. It can't hold up. It's, it shouldn't. It, it's not supposed to hold up. It wasn't made yesterday. It was made 40 years ago. You I, know, that's, that's like that saying, is what's a fair, this Casablanca?
0: That is a fair... Sometimes you go off the off the rails with your with your takes on how sacred art is, but I think in this case, I think it's a very fair counterpoint. And I right. honestly don't think when most of us, myself included, say it didn't hold up, it didn't hold up, or it held up, is it, it, we're saying what you're saying. We should say it, right. it's just a, it's it's a it's more of a syntax thing. I mean, I, I think inherently people aren't condemning the product because they still do have love for it. It's more that. Right. There's, I mean, when I think of it, it's just like I'm in a different place in my life. Right. And so yeah. the, the filter, the lens with which I'm seeing this is just an entirely different experience. Yeah. It is no fault of the thing. It's just I'm in a different place, right? Like yes. what entertains me now is just very different than what entertained me as a kid for the most part. But again, getting back, but there are still things that theoretically fill me with joy. Like I haven't, I mean, I, it has been, there have been, in my opinion, very few genuinely great GI Joe comics in the last 20 years, but I fucking still love GI Joe, right? Like it's just, it is what it is, right? Like yeah. I, I, you could say the same for transformers, right? Like there've yes. been really good transformers runs, but there've been a lot of years where they aren't that hot. Right. And it's like, but you still love transformers. You're going to try every run. You're going to hope that it's, and, and it's, it's going to have a lower bar for you. Like, like a, a trend, like when, when, well, DWJ is a bad example because, of course, we're going to love that because it's, it's Dan. But but like, with the, OK, with the G.I. Joe comics, we know that are coming like, I mean, I think it's fair to say that the chances of the level of quality that those comics need to be for for you to to read it and want to continue reading it is much higher than what I'm going to need from it.
1: Yeah, for real. Yeah.
0: Be, no. Right. Whereas like with Turtles, it's just flip side. Right. Like like I, I like I don't. The baseline Turtles comics, and although it's nostalgic for that, isn't something that's always a draw for me. Um, but and it's the same. But but you know, we all have our things, right? Like DAP with Star Trek comics. Like you know, like I consider myself a Star Trek fan, but I don't often find myself wanting to read Star Trek comics. But like for DAP, I mean, it's such a strong pull for him that he gets. There's a lower bar meaning he he can like they can they can tickle his fancy in a way because he loves the property so much. That he's he can find value out of it that maybe an average comic reader that's picking it up off the stands might not get, and that's you know that's all good too. Like, you know, I love that there's that kind of variety that can that can tickle our fancy. Yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I've, they've heard me speak on this a bazillion times before. Uh, but when when I say the art is perfect, that means it's unchanging.
2: Anything sure. that yeah, anything fair. that does not
1: change is perfect.
2: Yeah. At at, at the time, we may not. In the moment, reading something current, we don't look at it as maybe something timeless. We just know we enjoyed it. But if we go back to it a decade later and reread it, and, and obviously it hasn't changed, but we're still feeling the same way we did, then maybe you can use that, that phrase. But no, everything you guys are saying is... Uh,
1: well, it's not, a, it's not a quality assessment. Perfect doesn't
2: have anything... No, exactly. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, for, it, for over a year, I have been dying because i haven't seen it in years i have been just checking almost monthly where the hell i can find johnny dangerously i love that fucking movie i haven't seen it in decades and it's on mac so we saw it a few weekends ago and i'm still sitting here cracking up just the same way i did like when i was fucking however old i was when it first came out and i it it's a ridiculous movie it makes no sense but it is it's it's just like you know i i liking it to you know airplane or, or, or police squad or think they, of gun movies. it's just it's, it's just that stupid nonsensical I can put this on and laugh at it and and I didn't I, I could have watched it and just been like, I don't know what the hell I saw in this or this isn't funny or this is ridiculous but no it it just it hit me the same way it did way back when.
1: There you go. Well, I do want to read the He-Man effect, just because. Um, yes, I am a fan of Mister Brown, and I've read almost everything he's done. But now, Jason, you don't have me uh, clamoring to read it as uh, much as I was before. You opened
0: your damn mouth. So
1: I guess you did me a favor.
0: Nah, I mean, again, I, I we try not to be negative on the show, and I don't. I really don't. Like, I don't think it's not worth reading. I, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just read kind of bummed at the conclusion. You right. know? Just, I, was, I was bummed at the, at the, and I was actually like bummed for box. I'm like, damn, dude. I'm like, if that's how you feel about your childhood, that bums me out. Right. Yep.
1: I mean, speaking of nostalgia and San Diego Comic-Con, look at the amount of money that people are paying for that Thundercats base thing that Super 7's doing. Like, you've got to take out a mortgage to get that thing. And it i don't know what the what the uh, pre-order numbers are but people are just losing their shit over it and I was like wow that's that again that's the power of nostalgia they will pay uh, any amount of money to recapture those feelings yeah yeah speaking of transformers um oh. you didn't you didn't read void rivals number 2
2: i did not yet no okay
1: well um I thought it was awesome. Good. But there's a revelation in the last page or two that's not going to make sense to even you have to be a pretty rabid Transformers fan to get the reference on the last page. I mean, it's a it's a this character popped up in the animated show. He wasn't used extensively. And it's just like, oh damn, you're going there? Like really? Uh, I thought it was great, but if you don't know, you're not going to know. Like if if you're not experienced in the in the the cartoon, you're not because again, outside of the com of the the cartoon wasn't used all that extensively in the comics either. Like this is a deep dive, but more power to him. It shows he's not fooling around. Okay. Yeah. No, it was it was very well done. I won't. It, it's it's almost more of the same from the first issue it's just the uh the rivalry between the agorians and the zertonians is is front and center and and just what's demanded of each race and how they were conditioned to hate each other and yeah i mean you, it, it's just continuing the themes established in the first issue only in in more detail it's a slow burn for sure okay yeah yeah i liked it a lot um yeah yeah but i do have something um that i can speak on in more detail because it doesn't look like either of you have read it just uh the fifth issue came out i think two three weeks ago and uh fifth was the uh the last at least in this miniseries it was written by christopher golden with art by matt smith and color art by chris o'halloran it's published by Dark Horse. Hellboy in Love. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was he I don't know. I was I was uh jonesing for some Hellboy. And I and I know the, the Mignola verses keeps on chugging, but I did wanna read um you know that Panya thing or the the miniseries about the sword. Uh, I, I have them and I will read them. In the mood for some good old Hellboy, right? The, I mean, it's right in the title Hellboy in Love, but I, I didn't know whether it was a uh, tongue in cheek title or if it was legitimate Hellboy in Love. And it turns out it was the latter. Like, there there's a character introduced in this miniseries. Her name's Dr. Anastasia Bransfield. She's nice. an uh, archaeologist. And the the, the the pitch is the British Museum this is it happens in 1979. So well before the events we knew we know came to pass with Hellboy. Um so the British Museum solicits the BPRD, in this case Hellboy, to to keep eyes out for a pack of thieving goblins. And the beasts invade a train car, and they try to make off with this suitcase, wouldn't you know it, belonging to this Dr. Anastasia Bransfield. She's gorgeous. Um, Low-key, though. She, she's not you know flashy she doesn't she wears a baseball uh, a yankees cap so i mean she's she's one of those women that is attractive without really trying you know the type right Mm -hmm. um but this is the part that really got me she entered the field of archaeology because her father fed her a steady diet of monster movies when she was young so number one i love this girl and uh Th- that that case that the goblins stole contains artifacts that are crucial to her getting her funding to prove her theories. She she has this this the, she hypothesizes that there at one time existed uh, an ancient secret society of magicians and occultists and alchemists, right? And they they were known as the Suarin Artea, which translates to the Art of Fire. And uh, so she has all these these grand theories about this, this secret cult. Uh, but the problem is that no one will finance her research without evidence. And without evidence, she's can't further her research. So it's like, damned if I do, damned if I don't. But she needs these things. She needs these artifacts. She's in a rock in a hard place, right? so uh, hellboys on the train and the goblins take it this it's this big indiana jones-esque and at one point they're on the top of the trains and they're crossing a bridge and they're running and they're trying to get the, the case um and and they chase this uh malignity of goblins did you know that that's what a group of goblins is called a malignity i did not <laughs> I, I had did, no idea i didn't yeah. know that i had to look it up yes a, a pack of a group of goblins is called a malignity. Uh, so th- the goblins give him the slip, but Anastasia cleverly manipulates one goblin. Like Hellboy catches one, and she kind of manipulates him into revealing like where the goblins were headed with the case. Well, it turns out there's a castle, Berkeley Castle, and there's this auction house, Blackmore Auction House, and they're auctioning off her case. The, the whole point of all this is, is putting Hellboy in proximity with Anastasia. Because, unlike most characters in the Hellboy universe, she's immediately attracted to him. And he's just like, you must have hit your head somewhere. Because she calls him handsome. She's, she likes being with him. And there's, there's, the chemistry between these two characters is amazing. Which makes me a little bit sad because, as we know, having read the, quote, conclusion of the Hellboy saga, Anastasia was nowhere to be found. So what happened to her? Where did she go? Did she die? Did she leave? Did Hellboy fuck up? Because in this five-issue series, it goes places. Like, it starts in, in England. Then they go to Turkey. Um... And they go to India. They're, they're beset by these raven grannies. They're, 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 they're trying to get into the auction house, uh, the castle. And the goblin makes the mistake of underestimating, underestimating the, the guard and tells him something. And the guard shunts them off to, uh, another dimension. Like they go through this, this trail and they end up, quote, someplace else. And the place is, is, presided over by this raven granny it's it's a raven head of the head of a raven with the body of a of a a pudgy old woman and this thing can control these these ravenous ravens and it's it's doesn't end well for one of the characters i think you already know um they're they're chased down by shadow puppets in turkey they even become two-dimensional at one point um there's a brief appearance by liz sherman and Abe Sapien, really brief. Uh, One of the foes uh, uh, are actually the ghosts of a story. The story is repeated so many times and gains so much power because it's become like a tall tale or part of mythology that the character's demise in the story created ghosts. Fictional constructs, but they're ghosts. It's really cool. Um, Then they go to India, and there's this uh, monster called the Raktabya. And it's a demon that when it's cut, when it bleeds, the droplets creates miniature copies of it. Really nasty, right? But the whole miniseries is just to get Anastasia and Hellboy together. Like, she's smitten with him. And he doesn't know what to do because, I mean, he's Hellboy. He doesn't exactly have the countenance of of someone. He's not not a Clark Gable, right? But she seems to look beyond that. And at one point, they get the the case and they're walking down a dirt road. And and she she says something along the lines of, well, here we are, end of the day, and I got the prize. And Hellboy's like, Yeah, it's a good thing we got your, your artifacts back. And she said, I wasn't talking about that. Duh. And and she she reaches her her hand to him to, to hold his hand and she goes, Is is it okay? And he says, It's better than okay. And uh-huh. at one point they do the nasty. Oof. Right. And she's gorgeous and she's just super infatuated with him and vice versa. They're, they're in a punk show and like he's looking out for her, but she doesn't... For the most part, she doesn't really need it. She could take care of herself, but there's this genuine connection between these two characters and I'm like, this... I didn't know I needed this, but I'm so glad I read it because it's an atypical Hellboy story. Like All of the the usual components of the verse are there, but the thing that is at the core of this mini series is the attraction between Hellboy and anastasia and it's great it's really good if you if you haven't read Hellboy in a while or you know you you, you haven't read it at all, I would really pick up this series because it's 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 just about it's just about the feelings these two characters share for each other. And 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 he's reluctant to, to get close to her at first, like because he's Hellboy, he's experienced, he knows these things. And she just she's not having it. She's just like, Where are we going? Handsome, like from the get go. And he's just like, What? <laughs> What's happening? I don't I don't understand this at all. But he, he relents. He he melts in, in her presence. And it's I think we're all the better for it. Like this is a really fun read. Yeah, Hellboy in love. If I have to tell you who published it, then you just haven't been paying attention. It's, it's Dark Horse, written by Christopher Golden, art by Matt Smith. Really great art. It it is akin to what we've seen before in the Mignolaverse. It it is on a par with a lot of guys like Christopher Mitten. Not the same style, but um, Ben Steinbeck, like the the, the really kicking Hellboy artists like Matt Smith is up there with them. This is very good. Awesome. Yeah, she's cute as hell too, but. I'm a little scared. don't think like, it's be scared. Like, because the miniseries, it's open ended. Mm. Like they're still together at the end of it. Why, where did that go? What happened? Those are questions I have. And I'm just, I, I don't know if I want the answers to them. So if they can, yeah. they can leave this little pocket dimension, like 1979, 1980, around there, of Hellboy just having adventures with Anastasia, I will gobble them up. You don't even need to tell me what happened. I don't need to know that bad. I could just you know, ignorance is bliss. Give me this stuff, I will enjoy it and love it. And as to the the final fate of Ms. Anastasia Bransfield, you don't have to tell me because I don't need to know. I love her that much. She's blondie too. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's really great. Yep. Love it. Yeah. It's awesome. But I was going to talk about other Hellboy stuff, but I don't want to do all Hellboy. Oh Hellboy. Yeah, I did read that Panya and, and uh, I forget the name of the Ms. whatever. The, Ms. Truesdale or whatever? Yeah, Ms. Truesdale. I read the three issues of that. They're great. It's different, but it's, it's but, really good. Maybe next time.
2: Maybe. Maybe. Well, since nostalgia was brought up, um, I read the first issue of the new miniseries, World's Finest Teen Titans, which, of course, um, is pretty much based on what Wade is doing in the main World's Finest book. This is written by Mark Wade, um, illustrated by Emmanuel Pacino, uh, Jordi Belair on colors, Steve Wants on letters, and it's, it's not Wolfman and Perez. It's not. Um, it's not even Jurgens and Perez. It it it's its own. It, it's living in whatever universe the world's finest is living in. And and this is where things get a little. You can't you can't go too deep into the woods when it comes to things that. Spawn from the world's finest book because that batman versus robin miniseries came out and that was more in line with with modern day current dc um even though the characters that dan Moore is drawing in world's finest are slightly different than what so you just i'm reading these issues because I'm, i'm reading these titles because they bring me joy i have a lot of fun with I mean the art's fantastic but of course Wade knows the characters and regardless of what universe or timeline or reboot it may be uh the core is basically still there in in all the characters and this and this Teen Titans team is Robin Wonder Girl wearing the Perez outfit Kid Flash uh Aqualad Speedy and bumblebee um, so it's like it, it says the original team is back, and I mean yeah for the most part it it is the original team uh but it it's kind of it's slightly this is pretty much the robin in the world's finest book um but there's a uh it's it's written in a it's definitely designed to be read. Uh the the, the dialogue, the settings, the, the um the Speedy's attitude is very it's very contemporary. It's uh you know Kid Flash is running around uh making jokes. Um Aqualad and Wonder Girl are in a relationship, although here it's called in a situationship show. It's also very it's trying to be very trendier. Oh yeah, with, uh, I just
0: I got uh, I got schooled on situation ships by uh, Jackson uh, a couple <laughs> weeks ago. He schooled me. He's in a situation ship, and I was like, "Pardon?"
2: No he, shit.
0: He broke it down for me. yeah.
2: <laughs> so, um, you've got. Uh, it, it's speedy though? Is uh, I mean, there's not much to it. He's a jerk. He he's just he um his whole thing is basically uh social media the the team is taking care of the bad guys but you know speedy's making sure that he's he's yucking it up and smiling for the camera that everybody's in the right shot uh like he's playing director um and 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 robin's not having it right robin's kind of heated because he's like we're trying to take care of business we're trying to keep people safe and you're over here your mind's not on on the task at hand um and, and so, so they were live streaming the entire fight. Um, and and Robin's like, you know, how do we even know that the victims wanted to be shown on camera? And in comes Kid Flash running in because he's got all these signed releases from everybody. And, and now Robin's pissed because Speedy dragged Wally into it. Um, but Wally just wants everybody to be friends and hang out and, and Wally's really just happy to be here. Robin is of course the boss and 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 he's strict and he's just wants he's very rigid. So he just wants everything to go right. No no questions asked and and you've just got but Speedy's arguing because he's like listen we've got Aqualad and we've got Wonder Girl right here and everybody wants to see what they're about and and here's here's Bumblebee and she's great and it's like the rest of the team some of them are just not Speedy's just gonna do whatever Roy wants to do and that's fine. He just just get it out of his system. But um you do have a couple who were just like thinking maybe it's it's a little bit much. Um and and the book is kind of split up a little bit because we've get uh we, we we get the youngsters with their mentors. Um Wally and Barry are running through Central City, um, asking him how how things are going with the Junior Justice League, and Wally's like, listen, man, they are all so cool. Um, Diana is talking to Donna, and uh, and she's like, so even Green Arrow's son is cool? And she's like, well, it's his ward. I'm not sure there's a difference, but, um, you know, he's a really good archer, and, and he could probably, you know, teach Apollo uh, a thing or two. And then you see Roy talking to ollie you think he's talking to ollie but um he's it, it's really just a one-sided conversation and uh and then you even have garth down in atlantis with uh, with aquaman and um and he's like listen you know if 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 you're comfortable with them then you know i'm, I'm cool with it and then you just have one panel with batman where he just says no <laughs> and and robin's like but bruce he's like no you know how i feel about this i may be friends with flash and aquaman and green arrow but there's no guarantee their proteges have been trained as well as you have and that puts you at risk so of course batman's thinking the worst and you have bumblebee back at the lair um chilling with uh the former golden eagle and 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 she's asking him you know like the don't you miss it like why'd you hang up the boots and he's like um Listen, man, I'm I'm retired, um, and and uh, the 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 team's social media game was like you know Christ's on infinite hashtags until I came along. So it's all he's he's like basically their 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 version of Snapper car. Um But as as all the young heroes are talking to the older heroes, and and um, most of them are pretty much just younger versions of their mentors but but still batman's got to be um the hard ass and he's like uh you know as as their leader um their very lives are going to be in your hands and he's just you really putting it on robin he's like it's like there's just no i don't know how the hell this kid comes up for air sometimes but it's while all that's going to live uh, right and then we see that um that Roy is actually talking to, to a, uh, to a mannequin. It, it, it's, uh, I, it, it, doesn't take much for just Roy to appear. Or, or to, it, it, he kind of just writes himself if you want a character to be unhinged, but here he is. He's, um, he's, he's, he's just a little, little bummed that Ollie doesn't seem to be able to make time to, uh, to check in on him and, and, uh, just spend some time together. But, um, the, uh, the Titans head down to Florida, where they take on the separated man. Again, Wade pulling out, just just going through who's who and, and, and finding characters that, you know, I'm waiting for them to go out and, and hang out with Space Cabbie. But you've got a lot of action going on. Uh, Pacino's art is, is great. It's 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 not like more... There, there are parts of it. There are definitely some panels where I almost had to double-check the credits because some of it looks very much like Yannick Paquette drew it, and, and which is not a bad thing at all, but it, it just it's a little different than, um, than I've seen Manuel in the past, but, um, they, uh, while, while they're trying to, you know, solve the issue of, of taking on the separated man, um, Kid Flash comes speeding in, um, with a, uh, with a serum to, uh, to, to basically rehumanize separated man. Um, and, Robin hands the serum to Speedy so he can attach it to an arrow and shoot it. Um, but he's still sitting there smiling and, and flexing for the camera, and he does make the shot. But again, um, sitting here cracking jokes and everything, and about how what a great job he did. Um, and even though the cameras are now off, Robin's still ripping into him. You know, you're showboating us. You're costing us time why are you so damn hungry to be an influencer? It's like, you know, it, it's just, it, it seems like, you know, Speedy just needs something, um, in his life. But, uh, there's Robin kind of puts his foot down, says no more filming without an okay from me. Um, and, 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 Robin's just like, it's, he's telling Speedy, you do not get to make these choices that affect everybody on this team. Like, who do you think you are? And he's like, all right, Fine. We'll go there then. He's like, he's Wally pointing to Kid Flash. He's Garth pointing to Aqualad. That's Donna. And you, who the hell knows your real name? Everybody else is shared. Why not you? And and we see a flashback where it looks like Robin did ask Bruce if he can reveal who he is. And and Bradman is just like, absolutely not. And and so he's like, Robin just turns around and he's like, Listen, I don't even know why 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 I bother sometimes why I'm even here. And and Speedy's calling him Batnark. He's like, well, you're just gonna go uh-huh. and run and tell Dad, and 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 Wally and Don are like, listen, man, that's too far. And she's like, what is wrong with you? And then Speedy's like, well, not one single thing. But Kid Flash runs up to Robin. Basically, he's just like trying to make the peace, keep the peace. Just like, listen, man, you know, you, you you've got reasons to be mad. We're all, and Robin's like, listen, Wally, look, mission's over. I'll see you later, maybe. And and Wally's looking all forlorn. He's just like, but we're friends, and. Then we get a um, we get a a really ominous last page leading into the um, to the next issue. We're at a warehouse outside of Metropolis, and um, there's a figure in in the dark saying that uh, this person wants to build a better Teen Titans. Um, but the uh, the kid interviewing for for a position. Doesn't cut the mustard and ends up pretty much getting eliminated in in the worst way and and, and that's where the issue ends. But um, yeah, I'm I'm here for here for Wade. I'm here for a continuation of uh, of where this fits in with with, with the world's finest um, main book. Um, the characters, you know, I, I've I've resigned myself to the fact that uh, there are some things that you just can't go home again i know nothing is going to make in any version of the titans as much as i'm enjoying taylor's two issues nothing's going to make me nothing's going to give me that feeling i did in the mid 80s and and it's fine i've got those i've got the three volumes and 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 i can go back and revisit those if i need to i just um i i do i i i like to see the interpretations from others and and um Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's kind of just writes itself based on who the characters are. Um, But I I did dig it. I just I kind of get I I have to get over the way the outfits look or which versions of 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 the characters these are in in, in this title. But um, no, I dug it in. It's a uh, it's again, I I just I like seeing where Wade goes with the characters and who he brings in, who who they're going to face what other characters going to have a cameo in it? Just, um, I, I, that part makes me feel like, you know, the reading, reading DC and, in from issues from the late seventies and the eighties, where you'd have backup stories of like, whatever happened to airwave and just, just, just little things like that, where here's an eight page backup of some character, you know, you haven't seen since the 1950s, but there's, um, there's a lot here to, to enjoy. And, and, uh, Lupicino's art is, uh, is really really good. I like the way she captures um, all the characters, even though they may not look like teens. But then again, neither did uh, the kids from Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero. But you've got a lot of um, a lot to enjoy here. So yeah, I uh, I just I figured with the nostalgia rama, it was uh, it was a good time to bring it up. I think that
0: uh, you know. Wade is, is fascinating to me because I mean he's he's done so much great comics but like I wonder if he gets, if one of the reasons he doesn't seemingly get like his due is because he's a bit acerbic like as a public mm. persona. Yeah. Right? And we, you know, look, full disclosure, we have all, we've discussed, we've, we've we have dealt with that in a small level. Um, you know, I don't think it's any secret to long-time listeners, we thought we were going to have Mark on to chat uh, several times, and something always happened, and it got to a point where I was just like, all right, well, you know, the old fool me once, shame on me, for, you know, just just kind of stopped asking, because it just felt like, you know, it just <laughs> can only really stand us up so many times, but anyway, um, but, but I can't, the dude is, I can't think of many things he's written over the years that I haven't thought were really well done.
2: hmm Yeah.
1: I think his entire career at this point is based on nostalgia.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean he, he did the you know the the irredeemable and all the the he got the the Mark Miller esque kind of dark and gritty stuff I think out of his system and and now he's uh and he he did the Champions he did the the Avengers run after uh, the the Marvel reboot so I mean he's he's definitely there are things he's really good with 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 the cape and cows obviously. But um, yeah, I think, I think right now he's just having a blast. And, and, and he's not, obviously he's not in the like main, he's not, he's not worried about what Williamson or Taylor or King or anybody else is really doing in the mainline DC. He's just like, listen, I've got, I've got a ton of stories I can write about with these characters. And he's just got his little like Wade esque corner of, of the DC universe. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that because this way I'm not, Worried about something else going on. I don't have to worry about having to read like 18 other books because there's some crossover about to happen. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. That is a consolation. I mean, it's good. No night
2: terrors for you. Right. I mean, I I, I got a kind of uh, I got a break from from uh, the Superman books and a couple others for for a couple of months, which I mean is fine. And I may, you know, if we ever. If we're ever bin diving, and and those books are available for you know three for a dollar, or whatever, I'll I'll probably check them out. Or I, I just I have no I have no desire to see that side of of the DC characters. And there's just so many. I, yes, there are only two issues, but there are just so many across. I think there's more than than the regular ongoings that that they're interrupting for the two months. But it, it's. Um, the covers, a lot of the covers look kind of neat. Um, it's weird that it's a summer event, though. I, I, uh, Night Terrors, I would think that'd be more for, for the fall or October, but, um, you know, it's it's fine. I was just, I was happy to not have to um, worry about... I, I will, it, What what is a bit of a bummer is that the DC books that I am reading, a lot of them have, they didn't end... Uh, whatever story was going on didn't end where then it could pick up again, or or you could, you know, it's the sort of a new arc in, in two months. A lot of them are just like, Hey, this happened. And like someone's down and out Superman's down on the ground getting pummeled by, you know, Metallo or someone. And now, now I got to wait two months to see him get his revenge, but um, it's, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not hurting for stuff to read. Yeah, exactly. It's like we talked about,
0: I mean, these, these, I actually like the way um I like the way DC does it. I I, I it's this it's been the MO now for a long time, well over 10 years where they when they're getting ready to do a major reshuffle of the deck chairs with new titles and new creative teams and the like. They take these little month or two editorial breaks where they do basically a extended like uh, like the old 80s Marvel annual events. They they mm-hmm. do one of those for a month or two and they reset the, the table and then and then they reopen the doors of the restaurant and let, let the regulars back in. I think that's great. Like like you said, I mean, I never lack in things to read. And so I don't feel put off that like the quote unquote regular DC books that I'm reading are gone for two months. Like that's almost like a blessing. And then, you know, I will they'll be back. <laughs> they will be back. And in the meantime, I can do some catch up on some other stuff, you know. Absolutely. Vince, you're so quiet feel like this is what you say to me every, every week you're so quiet why are you talking <laughs>
1: you are right i do <laughs> no i just I, I have nothing significant to add that's it
0: like mm-hmm.
1: I'm, I'm not just gonna force some shit out
0: you know this is what i say and then you're like okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: okay. yeah good good uh interpretation of me that's great
0: so well, listen so, one thing we oh god no please no
1: what do you got that's that's gonna
0: I was going to say, one of the things that we all do love are the indie comics. We do. We love the indie comics. And this was a banner week for me for indie comics. Um, and uh, I, I read there were three, but but the one I want to make sure that I bring to bear here is Milkmaid by Mr. Jasper Juvenville of, uh, of Dynamite Diva fame. Um, this is a... Uh, square bound. It's a paper. It's a mini comic. It's a square mini comic Um, stapled old school. And on the intro cover, Jasper explains that this was drawn over the span of two months and is what he calls a sketchbook comic. It was drawn with no layouts as well as no pencils. Everything is straight from his head to page, with Bic gel pens this is either for better or for worse but the goal of this comic was to do something totally meaningless a comic simply for myself and then he wrote as i grow as an artist i and then he scratches out whatever he wrote but he said as i grow as an artist i struggle to find meaning in my comics a purpose to the stories i tell while my next comic dynamite diva the engine whispers Coming soon attempts to tell a more focused story and works to flesh out Diva as a more emotionally complex character while still trying to stick to its roots of satirizing exploitation films and pulp comics. This mini isn't trying to do that. It is crude, weird, and over the top. Simply, this is just a comic that I made to go crazy with. It means only what you make of it, but it's just goofy comics made for my satisfaction and joy. I mean, aren't those words straight into your heart, Vince? A beeline like, to my heart, right? Exactly, right. And that's exactly what this is. We we all talked lovingly about the Dynamite Diva collection that came out, I guess, two years ago now. Um, so it is it this this mini comic also features the Diva as as the star, um, but as he said, it is a completely different thing. It is it is raucous. It's it's violent. It's uh, it's well, I guess I guess Dynamite Diva's usually violent, it, but it's very sexual. Um, she's taking a big old schlanger in the first page. Like, I mean, it's like gigantic, gigantic cack. And, uh, <laughs> there's, 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 there's a, there's a plot. This, this is, it ter- takes place during a war, like a K- sort of a quasi world war. She's, uh, she's, she's fighting the fight, but, she, but she's getting all kinds of shenanigans, many of which are exploit, exploitative, sexual. Um, there are, uh, dudes with micro there are dudes with giant peens there's uh the the title "Milkmaid." there's a a a nazi conspiracy to uh milk uh the breasts of giant uh, gi- women's giant breasts to milk them and use the milk for creating enemy soldiers and down and, with it uh, I'm down with it. everybody everybody is fascinated with divas gigantic memories and are trying to, to capture her for them and we get to see her giant memories and uh it's, it's, yeah, there, there's, there's, there's Nazis and the killing of Nazis, which is always a fun time. And, uh, uh, it's, yeah, it's just, a, it's an exploitation. Like you said, it's, it's a crazy over the top, uh, raw exploitation, uh, comic. And it was a blast and, I'm I'm here for it. I'm, I'm happy that he just did something for himself and didn't give any thought to whether anyone else would care about it. And, and what do we get out of it? We get a beautiful thing. That's absolutely worth caring about. So, um, yeah. I honestly don't – I guess the easiest way to get this, if you didn't, is, is just to get it from Jasper's site, com, which is J-A-S-P-E-R-J-U-B-E-N-V-I-L-L. Um, easy enough to find on the interwebs even if you didn't catch that spelling, and uh, yeah, he's got it for sale. I'm sure there's lots of other sites that uh, we've talked about or Vince's reference that sell mini-comics on the regular. You can, I'm sure you can find this on any of those too. Yeah, I for, bet you Domino you know, for, Books has it. Yeah, like it's probably for like very little markup. It wasn't very expensive. Um I don't remember how much it was, but it was
2: 10 bucks. bucks. Yeah, 10 bucks, right. And I'm still waiting for mine.
0: Yeah. It's great. Yeah, and there's no like there's not really. I guess there is a plot, but like there's don't really need to get into the plot. It's 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 just, you know. And the cool thing is this is reading it's just thinking because I do own some of his art from Dynamite Diva, but just thinking about the fact that he just sat down and drew this with without any um godrills, right? Just what we see here is the first and only attempt
1: well, and, that's and that's gold.
0: Yeah, and I will say, dude is just. We already knew this, but but this is not. Don't don't hear what I'm saying about how it's done out there, people, and think that this is a crude-looking comic out of line with his normal work. I mean, this looks pretty much panel to panel like a completely polished, finished Pete thing. I mean, he's he's got the fact that he did this with big pens and and no no outlines or layouts is incredible to me because it's very well structured well rendered it's uh it's beautiful and it's even neat it's the little things right that the the pages for the most part do have grid panels sometimes you know 8 sometimes 12 sometimes 15 whatever but like he hand draws the the grids no no ruler here it's hand drawn which is as neat. it should be yeah, yeah, it's just a blast. You know, obviously the, this, by definition of all, we're talking about the sound effects are all handwritten and just thought it was just awesome, just a, a, a master clinic. And, you know, this Jasper's a very young young man, so we have a lot of years of, of, of amazing stuff coming from him in, in our future.
1: That, to me, is far closer to the ideal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That is what I look for.
0: Yeah. 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 So, Milkmaid, got to get on it.
1: Yeah, got to get me it.
0: Gots to get it. Gots, gots to get it. Yeah.
1: I have something that's not based in nostalgia. Hmm. My In Your Travels is. But uh, this is not. This is brand spanking new. And uh, we're getting three issues of it, of which this is the second. And I feel very confident in saying that it is going to be very, very difficult to top this for Anthology of the Year. Okay. Yes. I'm not going to tell you. Well, first of all, it's published by Oni Press, and it is called Zeno X-I-N-O, number two. Talked about the first issue. Like that first issue, number two has another outstanding Kenneth Smith-level weird cover by Matt Lisniewski. It is amazing. The covers on this miniseries are just phenomenal. And it's Lesniewski doing what he does best, which is bizarre. It's very strange, super exaggerated, amazing eye-popping color. Like, it's like, do I have to really explain Lesniewski? He's he's in his little world, and he's doing what only he can do. Great, great covers on this thing. I'm not going to tell you who wrote and drew this story until I'm done with it. But it is the best story in this issue. And it is, so, in case you don't know, Zeno is a science fiction anthology. And this story is lodged firmly within that genre. It is about an dis- indecisive young man who believes that deciding on the perfect screen name is the most monumental decision he's ever going to make. Oh hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> he he needs to find he needs to change his his current screen name, which is Blue Jaguar. Because when he chose it, he was 6 years old, and he needs to find something more fitting to the online image that he conjures for himself, one that's worthy Right? Of tall tales. Endless deliberation between Mega Vortex and Renegade the God. He's he's waffling between these, these two screen names. And he doesn't have a whole lot of time to do it because he's limited. There's a countdown clock. He's limited to, like, say, 24-odd minutes in which to make his decision. And his thoughts are invaded by his girlfriend, hundred percent lucky lemons who is pressing him to complete his role in the creation of their child. Now you need a little bit of setup here. I got to describe the reality in which this, this story takes place. Human contact is kept to a bare minimum. Everybody exists behind a screen. Babies are conceived remotely. So oh. the male Deposits his stuff into a baby bang kit, which looks like a penis enlargement pump with a hose attached to it, like the turkey baster of the future right the The offspring are nursed by the mother briefly until they can digest solid foods, and then they're punted over to a nanny banananny, a robot to raise right. The parents then experience their child's life online. It's so touching, isn't it? So blue Jaguar's world is cast into turmoil upon the arrival of a delivery person. see he lives on this planet planetoid barren looking thing without an atmosphere, so he's got an airlock between the void and his little little ramshackle man. Home, I guess you could call it. Um, so the delivery person brings the old baby bang right to his front door or front airlock, whatever you want to call it. So the problem is he's looking through the porthole and this person comes through the airlock and it's a beautiful woman. Very fetching. Red hair, just just gorgeous. And he hasn't had contact with a real flesh and blood human since the age of one after he was Given to the nanny bananies to 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 raise. So she's she's knock knock knock. She's rapping on the the portal, and 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 he's looking there. He's like, holy, like whoa, like. Mm. And she's miming because he can't hear. It's a it's a it's an airlock. Um, she's miming the deliveries that she has for him. She's like, so you know, holy crap, Lemons can't see her. I can't let my girlfriend somehow get wind that there's a real woman in proximity knock 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 she's still knocking on the portal does he let her in you know maybe she's one of those repulsive feelies who enjoy actual physical contact with a real human being she maybe she is carrying diseases like he doesn't know knock 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 she's still knocking on the door and he's thinking what would megavortex do i'm not going to tell you cuz you're going to read it because the ending is both awesome and severely fucked up. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say. You know who wrote and drew this thing? Who? David and Maria Lapham, Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. And the color art is by Francesco Segala and Gloria Martinelli. Wonderful Italians. Yeah, and it, it is, on the one hand, it's very typical of what... Uh David and Maria do, but on the other hand, it's very different because I don't associate sci fi with with David with the Lampums like I just i don't mm-hmm. they they do more um, backwoods gothic type things you know and and urban crime and stuff like that. This was very surprising, but it's great and to see color on Lampum's work, little weird. I I mean, and, uh, the bad idea stuff, notwithstanding. No, that was black and white too. Yep. It's just odd to see color on Lapham stuff. Like I don't think I've seen color since the the uh, vertigo series what was that the one with the
2: oh yes young liars
1: young liars yeah um, yeah but this was great there there's a, a story um called finale which was written by alex segura and art by Xander cannon what it's it's about a, a young lady named kara crux who was who has expanded her entire life the entire life, just to take out a giant kaiju named Shard. She trained, she studied. The, the, the thing that drives her existence is to destroy this monster. Uh, unfortunately, this the monster has eliminated everything in her life that mattered, her family, her friends. And she's in battle with this thing, and it just kind of like shrugs her off. But with the last page, there's a chance that she could get a comeuppance on this thing. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. And if that wasn't enough, the last story, Jason, mm-hmm. is written by Francois Vignot and illustrated by Artram Trakinoff. Like, yes, shut yes. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it, and it's... a. Uh, it's a commingling of prehistory and science fiction. I will say no more. But it is great. This anthology is a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it to be this good. And it has surpassed everything I could have hoped for. Like nice. I, I will be totally honest. It was the Lesniewski covers that made me. I'm just going to order it because I will buy anything Lesniewski. He's great. And, but the covers are not even the best part of these things. It's just amazing. There are other stories in here. I don't want to get too deep. It is an anthology. Five ninety nine. It's exercise. You get more pages. It's great. Um, Oni Press. Zeno number two. I think I think the first issue sold out. You may have a tough time getting it.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: so you may have to wait for the collected edition, of which there will be one. I'm sure. But uh, if you can find the first issue, just take my advice: buy it. Buy the second. Consume them. You're going to love them. It is really above, way above average anthology.
0: Very good. Awesome. Yeah, love it. Woo! In the book market, to get the collection.
1: Yep. Wow. Well,
0: yes. Better well, name. You said, one, one, right. is, one sold out. So one's one's
1: tough to yeah. get. Yeah. Yeah. And just to bring it on back to Void Rivals, because, you know, Kirkman needs all the promotion he can get. Yeah. Did you know that the reprint of issue one of Void Rivals has sold out? Issue two has sold out. So they're going back to press for a third time on the first issue and a second time on the second. Like, that is really good news. When did you see a Transformers-related book that actually sold out? It has been a friggin' long time. The 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 most recent example that I can even maybe guess was All Hail Megatron. Mm. That's a long time ago. Yeah. So I'm glad. I'm just I'm optimistic. I'm gonna be buying GI Joe and we're gonna be talking about it. I know. It's what do you think of Void Rivals number two? I loved it. And we'll adapt and read it yet. So yeah. Uh, no, I know. Yeah. Did you? Yep. Nice. Well, no, I I'd t- in 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 the danger of reiterating stuff that the listener has already heard. I thought it was more of the same. We got more of the the dichotomy fleshed out between the two races and then there was that that reveal at the end that not many people, including you know, medium to hardcore Transformers fans are gonna get. The hardcore ones will get it. But I, I if well, you're if you're I, a casual when, when we when,
0: when we finally discuss it I I think I may disagree a bit he, we'll only be for I can't so I get but because I think we're well I can't I can't explain why I disagree until but basically. he doesn't have
1: a huge presence in the in the show
0: but right again I'm, I don't but but <laughs> there is a presence in the, in another part of that world that I think a lot of people have seen but
1: right. The people that hired him to do what he was supposed to do. Cor-
0: correct. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I get it. Well, not people, yeah. but the things that hired. Him. Yes. I, yeah. Yes. But it was just like, whoa, that is re- much respect. That mm-hmm. that that's like pulling something out of Fantastic Four lore that happened in maybe two issues.
0: That <laughs> that's that true.
1: you know, and I I enjoy stuff like
0: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta love the deep cut reveals.
1: Exactly. I mean, but come on, he stacked the deck. You start with Jetfire.
0: Oh, come on. Of uh, course. Yeah. So perfect. Oh
2: man. Yeah. What's up with the book of the month, Dad? What are we doing with That's that? That's a great question. Yeah. Is. Um I will uh I will send you guys the list tomorrow.
1: Why don't we just make it the Brute Baker Phillips
2: thing?
0: Done. It suits me. I just read it, so yeah, fine. I just, I, it. I just took perfect. the plastic
2: off mine today. Excellent. Yeah, so there you have it, folks. Uh, Mm -hmm. Night Fever is your August, July book of the
1: month. I'm going to make the prediction right now. I have the envelope to my forehead. Jason, at one point, well, maybe he won't do it now because he's hearing me predict it. So, so, yeah, he is going to say, we know how to do it at one point in us talking about that book. He's going to go all (laughs) BGs on our asses.
0: Yes, because I'm, so, I'm I so she often burst into the Brothers skip singing. But okay. But come on,
1: that's your genre. You love that stuff.
0: I do. what have I ever talked about like
1: the Bee Gees? What are S- you talking about? What? Well, okay, I won't call it disco, but soul music from the '70s. You, you sure? Sp- yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair you enough. spew that stuff like crazy. Word up. Sorry, right. don't don't prejudge the Bee Gees. They got fabulous voices, <laughs> and they were a family.
2: And when I uh, when we get the list, when 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 I get to the Google form, if whoever nominated, wh- whoever suggested, Night Fever, of course, you'll get the shout out when we do the episode. Because I don't think I saw any when I looked last week. I don't think anybody recommended it, but it's um, it's definitely worthy. It's it's oh it's, yeah, and, and, and anything that's on this month's list, we we like I said before we. We carry them over, so anything that uh just because we may not uh nothing tickled our fancy that particular month, it doesn't mean it's uh it's ever out of the running.
1: Yeah, Jason, I see on on your list that you have the big game number one. As is DAP. Yeah. I did I started reading it, but I Boy. think I I think I may have to play some catch up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it depends on how much you got you may have a lot of catching up to do
1: right because i didn't read bike club and yeah I, I didn't need it yet the only um
0: no, it's nightclub but i, I know
1: oh know. nightclub yeah what's bike club yeah. was that the chicken thing for ver for no yes. that was the no you know,
2: what no it was um quietly did the cover it was um yeah david something but yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah uh but um hit girl the the stuff that came before like the only yeah the, kick only, ass is there yeah, the only kick is there. the only kick ass i've read was the very first one
0: yeah so i mean i don't think, I don't, kick kick think I don't think that's going to matter much i don't well like, i was I a little lost gonna... okay a little That's the first issue i think we're going to catch up i mean enough. you the, i was going to say the um probably you for sure need to have read uh, well Based on the first issue, if you haven't read Nemesis Reloaded,
1: read it. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm good with that. Because obviously the the lead big bad is the lead big bad at the end of Nemesis Reloaded, who recruits Nemesis to join the, the squad. Right. Yes, and I was. I was locked in on that one. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think we can without we we don't have to spoil it, but I think we can tell people that because it, it it I think it was a very. Very good first issue of the event. Uh, First of all, Pepe Larraz, as expected, crushes it on the arc. Dude is an absolute maestro. He's
1: way too good. Way too good.
0: It's ridiculous. Um, And it's a super cool premise. Basically, back in the 80s, all the villains got together and realized it was stupid to fight the heroes one-on-one all the time because they got their asses kicked. So they summarily went around the world, teaming up together, and took out all the heroes and killed them. And there were no heroes for a good long while in this world. Um, But this is the connected Millerverse. So all of the characters we've been reading for the last 20 years um, are all in existence. And it's time now for the bads to get back and try and wipe the heroes out again because they're back and there's too many of them. And that's basically the premise. And so we're going to see a lot of the bads from the books that we've read from Miller and go up against uh, the goods. And I'm here for it. I could say a lot more, but we're not going to because you haven't read it yet. And, but I thought it definitely hit the mark. I'm 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 hyped for what's to come. How about you, Dad?
2: I um, no, I I thought that uh, it was pretty much what I expected as far as which characters we were going to kind of see sprinkle throughout, just based yeah. on the ads and the way everything yeah. was. Uh, what we where we were headed. I was a little, I well. No, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it in depth later and 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 it's only the first issue so i it it just may be too soon to tell this but there um it's it's still a miller story there's there's definitely some violence there's definitely some um yeah the evil is triumphant over good at least for now but it it's uh i'm it was i i did smile uh you know, seeing you know, turning a page and there's the old man from Starlight, and you, you turn the other page and there's the ambassadors. It's like it, it's mm-hmm. it's neat to see everybody that uh, uh, all of Miller's creation Miller and Company's creations and uh, seeing them all all together in one book, and and it, it really I I I'm kind of amazed that this and and he a this was something that he had planned. You know over a decade ago um, and kudos for just keeping it close to vest but I knowing the different and a lot of them were really different types of stories that he's been telling an image over the years um, to know that there was like some that they were just designed to all be in this universe and, and how he was going to uh come up with a story on and I mean the first couple of pages are just awesome. Uh, you know, here it is 1986 and then oh yeah, but it I just I I loved that part of it and and uh but seeing how this is all gonna play out and who's going to be left standing and who's not gonna be there at the end to stand, I just um it's gonna be a hell of a ride and, and it's going to look gorgeous, but uh, I, I, I had a blast with it. I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing, um, see if we'll see Huck. Um, and just, it just a few, and, and, and I was, and, and Starlight was one of my, um, you know, I always joked about, it was just basically Flash Gordon, but I did, that was one of my favorite Miller books at Image, uh, years ago. So, um, see, seeing the old man, doing show and tell um and and teacher fighting for the cigarettes i just i thought it was great i uh Mm -hmm. i had i i had a blast reading it and and just the little things like that to see where where we gonna take it um i yeah i i uh and it's it obviously i mean it's weird because even though i've 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 seen the wanted movie and I I think I might have eventually finally got around to to reading the comic, but um you know, for somebody who looks it, it's it's great to see it's obviously Wesley on the cover, but I, I like that uh that that obviously time has passed. 'Cause even um even kick ass, even David sitting here writing uh writing his letter. To um. To, to Doctor Chun, uh Chun He, um, he uh, obviously you know he's like fourteen years ago. I I I started on this journey, and and it's like, he's so he's not the young kid he was. Same thing with with Wesley. I I I really like seeing that uh, that, that that time has moved on with these characters, and um, may not know what they've been doing, but. You know it, it's they're not they are not wesley isn't the, the loser from the cubicle at least no, wesley no. in the big game is not the loser from the cubicle that we saw. that so so if you just finished reading wanted it, it you got to expect the time jump same thing with you know with kick-ass and everything like that i haven't been reading the kick-ass books or hit girl so i don't know if if that aging has been happening on on whatever different miniseries have come out over the years but um but no, I think it's uh, it it it's it's going to be a blast. It's kind of like the the, the summer event. I, I didn't know I wanted.
0: Precisely,
2: if I had one
0: minor complaint, it would be that because there's so many characters crossing over from so many books, it would be cool if they had little little just blurb, just little little uh you know nameplate right uh, yes for, for the yep. first so so you, so you could at least look them up wiki them or whatever if you weren't if you hadn't read the series like oh, okay that's from this book that he wrote so but but again that's a minor nit
1: yeah it would be nice uh maybe some would see it as a bit patronizing or redundant the no. fans of miller well no we wouldn't because that was the standard back in the day but uh the whole thing makes me realize uh, it speaks to the volume of the man's output it really does because mm-hmm. when this was announced i'm like well does he have enough stuff to to fuel a, a giant crossover like this well yeah i just haven't been oh, paying wait, attention yes, so much yeah. yeah i mean you guys have read much more miller than i have
2: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah and i i really went back to try and read any of the things I hadn't read, at least the ones that I knew for sure would be connected to this. Actually, to your, much like depth, the, the only thing, I think really the only thing that may appear in the series that I haven't read much of is the is the, uh, kick-ass hit girl. I read the original kick-ass miniseries, but I haven't read any of the subsequent. So.
1: Right. But uh, visually, man, it is a kick in the pants. Wow. I mean, I like Laraz on the X books, but it's it's really nice to see him cut out or cut loose on a on something that's not company owned like this is great for sure loved it well what I read I, I, <laughs> I, I, I got a little bit of homework to do, so yeah it's, it's okay it's awesome. yeah. i it didn't read something. I didn't read Huck. Um. What was the one you mentioned? Starlight. I didn't read that. Starlight. Oh, you yeah. did? No, no, didn't. I mean, enjoyed hearing you talk about it, but I didn't read it. It's on me. So I have I have a, a tad bit of catching up to do. But that's good. That's a good thing, right? I'm oh, sure yes. after I've covered those bases, that this miniseries is going to be much more. Will resonate a lot more having armed myself with the information i need to understand it yes yeah and that was the the style pre-internet if you didn't know what was going on you had to go read those issues you couldn't just yeah wiki it or or google it or whatever you, you had to actually experience them yourselves and i like that i mean yes we can do that now but i'm pretending that option doesn't exist for me
0: yeah, that's I why the editor's notes, I miss them so much, though, right? Because you'd be like, as seen in. Right. Right? I mean, like, and and yeah.
1: it's, it's. I don't think it really requires that much effort. Uh, I would expect the editor to know where these things came from. For sure. Or otherwise, why are you the editor on this thing? So, yeah, um, optimistic, um, but holy cow, did uh, the visuals really hit home. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It's neat. What else do we have? I uh I finally finished um I know Jason talked about it quite a few months ago. Um, but I did finally dug it out. I, I made it to uh whittling down the the origine and uh finally got to uh, Crazy Food Truck Volume Three, the final Mama, volume. Mama and there you go. Um and it was uh I guess I, I guess it ended kind of the way it had to end, but it was still uh, it was still a little little sad to see. But um, I mean, just the fact that it ended as well. But um, well, tr- I uh, truncated. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a quick story, just the three volumes. But I mean, as far as what uh, what Gordon and and Aris had to deal with, um, it it would have been. I, I don't. It, it wasn't necessarily a story that that, that could have gone on for years, them trying to stay away, they keep one, one step ahead of the, uh, of the army. But, um,
1: well, one, it wasn't intended to be three volumes. I think sales necessitated. They ended. Oh, there. really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And two, if you could bet that if sales warranted it, that this thing would keep going on.
2: Right. Yeah. Just, just saying. But anyway, what you got? But no, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of here for the recipes, but I'm definitely here for, uh, for Orissa sleeping in the nude. But no, there's, there's mm-hmm. just, there's a lot of, uh, I, the, the art's fantastic. I think, um, I, 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 Ogaki did great with, uh, with the story, with the characters. And it was, I, I, even though, yes, it was truncated, um, it was still, it, it, it still, to me anyway, it still felt complete. We, we got, we, we understood why why they were after Arissa. Um, it, I, I really appreciated the, uh, the connection that, uh, you know, obviously there was more to Gordon than just operating a food truck, but, uh, being a general and actually being the CEO for those who were chasing him now, uh, it, it, it just added another layer to it. But, um, I, I think, uh, and, and and the way and and even, you know, like pretty much the the epilogue was uh this a nice touch. But no, I think uh I I really did enjoy it. It was um it was short, but uh it was packed. I it, it, the action I mean, yeah, it was uh, a dude driving around in his food truck with with some uh with some crazy girl who could rip your head off but uh the fact that there was the 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 action and the drama and and uh and a little bit of uh tension as far as how are our hero is going to prevail um made it quite enjoyable so I would definitely um recommend it to to anybody because it also it, it's not necessarily it doesn't it doesn't feel like a, a a typical manga tale the way um, pretty much anything else I'm I'm currently reading. I mean, it, it's 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 not Chainsaw Man. It's it's not Way of the House. It's not like really anything any. The story itself, the way it's um, artwork aside, uh, just just the story itself. I, I I just had a lot of fun with it. Like it, it this could have been an indie book from from oni or somebody and it's just it would have it it still would have been entertaining yeah it's it's just um i just really i i liked it more than i expected to and 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 i'm really glad about that nice yeah there you go
1: all right everybody hey thank you for being here with us one more time around the block remember this Episode, and all episodes, have been brought to you by CheapGraphicNovels.com. If you're looking for trade paperbacks, collected editions, manga, and omnibu, you know where to go. CheapGraphicNovels.com. Reply to your uh, order confirmation saying that you were sent by 11 O'Clock Comics, and you will be gifted with free shipping on your next order. It's insane. Just do it. In your travels, I have... Two things. The first is going to continue uh, or generate the manga Orama because David started it. Oof. And I'm going to be very quick with this, but I got caught up on Yukinobu Tatsu's Dandadan. I finished volume four. And I have to say, I got locked in to the thing that makes Tatsu special. He has an uncanny way of humanizing his monsters. We saw it with Turbo Granny and now we see it with this, uh, they're they're fighting a creature called an acrobatic silky in Volumes (laughs) 3 leading into 4. It's a yokai, right? There's a big reveal about yokai as well. Uh, I don't think I'm going to let that go because it needs to be experienced in the book, but the thing about the acrobatic Silky is she gloms on to this uh, Ira Shiratori character, who's another love interest for uh, Okarun, for Ken. And this yokai is uh, a ballet dancer, and very, very fast, extremely fast. And you hate this character. He makes you loathe this this monster, but he also reveals the curtain and makes you care very deeply about this character because in her human life she was a woman who was saddled i don't want to say that she was a single mother so she had a very young daughter and she enjoyed the time she spent with her daughter they danced together she she doted on the child but in order to make money she was a prostitute and at one point the, uh, the pimp or whoever it was that, that managed the whole operation beat the shit out of her and took the child away from her. So she committed suicide. And she, the reason why she's so attracted to uh, Ira Shiratori is that she sees a resemblance of her dearly departed daughter in this girl. And you just you want to hate this character, but then that's revealed, and you're just like, oh my God. Like it just makes you melt. It, it humanizes the the antagonists, and that is what Yukinobutatsu does really well, exceptionally well. And that's the whole hook with so far, anyway, with Dandadan, Dan, is you get these monsters that are horrible creatures, but they're grounded in something, in a relatable something that makes them human to you, like Turbo Granny, right? So. I mean there, there's substance to this. It's not all just fight of the manga and and the struggle between uh you know Momo and Ken about the rivalry. That, like, there's there's a love in this book from a variety of angles. So check it out. Dan to Dan. But just to keep the nostalgia train going, I read Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Street Fighter number 2. Yeah, you is, did. this is a nostalgia bomb, yo. Uh, written by Paul Allure, art by Axel Medel, and uh, color by Sarah Meyer. Does it really need to be explained? It's it's the Turtles and the Street Fighter crew. Like, there's a, a fighting competition going on. The Turtles and the Street Fighters are at each other's throats, especially Raph and Guile. Like, there's a real strong rivalry between these two characters, but something happens that makes them put this mistrust and uh, antagonism on the back burner because they realize they have to work together in order to get around M. Bison and Baxter Stockman's puppetry. It's very well done. There's a fight between Leo and uh, Ryu, and Leo just mops up the ring with him, just destroys Ryu. Which is great, right? Because in the previous battles, the Street Fighter crew just beat the shit out of the Turtles. Um, Michelangelo has an out because he was making goo-goo eyes at um, Chun-Li. So, I mean, who wouldn't, right? And even in this one, they keep perpetuating that, that infatuation Michelangelo has for Chun-Li. I mean, he's smart. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's just... S- fuel for that nostalgia fire. This is all this book is. It's a, it's a megaton nostalgia bomb. And I'm digging it. It's not, there's, there's no deep meaning to this thing. It's just these characters we've, we've been journeying with for, for decades. And here they are all in one book. So who's not going to read it? TMNT Street Fighter number two. It's a whole mess of fun. If you're Boy numb, to, yeah. If you're numb to this book, then I don't know. Uh, we you. we mustn't be speaking the same language. <laughs> yeah. From uh, I from IDW.
2: Woo. And is ju- is it just IDW?
1: Yeah, it's what it says on the cover. IDW. I don't know if it's a Capcom. Yeah, it, on the inside Wait, front cover. Second? They have to do this. On the inside front cover cover it says Nickelodeon Capcom. But it's Oh okay. It's a straight ass IDW book.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh I got I get two things. I'm not gonna um I'm not gonna go too deep on the first because it just came out yesterday, but I did want to at least mention it because I enjoyed I enjoyed the first issue. Um Scrapper from image comics, a uh, story by cliff Blazinski and Alex DeCampi and art by Sandy Jarrell. Um, it, you, you kind of get caught up on what's going on in new Verona. It's a futuristic city. Uh, scrapper is of course the main character. Um, and his, uh, his buddy tank. who's uh, kind of like a bulldog. Um, a uh oh a mix they're they're kind of just patrolling the city a little bit helping people out um kind of going against uh the company that or or the the law enforcement agency called uh, smite which stands for special monopoly for industrial tech and engineering um and you get a little bit of a flashback on uh on scrapper and and um his humans, um, Vito and Rosa, but Scrapper has this. Um, it's not necessarily a collar, but it's a very. I mean, it's around his neck. It's a very high tech looking, and it actually. Um, he he does talk. Uh, he's talking to Tank. Tank talks to him. Other animals are speaking, and when Scrapper rescues, saves a little little girl from being kidnapped, um, when she's returned to her parents she says a talking dog saved me and the parents are like that's that's ridiculous dogs don't talk and so um but it doesn't look like scrapper was talking in his owner's presence so um i'm not real sure um if adults can hear or or understand scrapper but something heavy goes down towards the end of the first issue. Um, and things are not quite what they appear. So, um, I, I, I dug the story. Cliff, um, is a, uh, is been doing video games for the past 25 years or so. Um, he, uh, it's, he can tell a story. Um, Back matter talks a little bit about um, a uh, his Australian Shepherd named Teddy that he had for uh, about thirteen years, um, and uh, it this seems to be something near and dear to Cliff. So um, I uh, looking forward to seeing where the story goes um, from here. Uh, arts. I, 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 I dig the art. there's a lot of action going on here. Um the animals look great. It's 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 a little bit cartoony in spots. It's not it, it it's not uh, it nothing like what um you'd get from from Pepe in, in the big game or anything like that, but it's still it it's it's suitable for this story and I'm um and it, it, it kind of um Maybe slightly lessens the impact from some of the more um, emotional moments um, in the issue. But I I dug it. Um, looking forward to the rest. But the other thing I want to mention is, uh, for anybody who hasn't yet, is this um, the fourth episode should be available tonight or tomorrow on Max. But Adult Swim, uh, streaming next day on Max, is My Adventures with Superman, which looks fantastic. it's it's got a little bit of um of an anime feel, but uh, i I'm, I'm loving the the slight tweaks that they've made. Um, you know, Superman doesn't really um, it's 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 a little bit um, burn reboot man of Steel where uh, Clark isn't sure. Where he's from and um and when we do see Jorrel um Clark can't understand him of course because he's speaking Kryptonese, but uh Lois is is a great character. Uh Jimmy Olsen is a great character, person of color now. Ronnie Troop, uh they uh they they, they gender swapped Ronnie. Uh Steve Lombard is still a big blowhard, Cat Grant is in it. Um Perry is, Perry White is a um is is a person of color in this in, in in this universe. We do get um we we've we've already seen um Silver Banshee and uh Livewire and Slade Wilson who which is weird to hear um Chris Parnell's voice as Slade Wilson it's it's I can't really I never imagined that Cyril Figgis from Archer or Jerry Smith from Rick and Morty would be the voice of the future Deathstroke Terminator but but here we are but it it's it's a lot of fun it looks great the uh stories are fun my wife's enjoying it even so uh I'm 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 all about it I'm looking forward to uh watching the next episode this weekend so yeah if uh if you get a chance on Adult Swim, I absolutely recommend My Adventures with Superman.
0: It's in the queue, my friend. Thanks Sweet. Thanks to your ebullient. Uh... Did you watch Justified yet? I have not.
2: No, the new season, not yet, no.
0: Okay. Um, in your travels, let me just finish up. Like I said, I had three indie comics uh, that I – partook in this week i already talked about uh, the ju- the milkmaid uh, the other two one is a single issue the other is a collection the single issue is true crime funnies by mr jim rug um, this was um, first available at heroes con i'm sure you can get it on his website now um in fact, yes, I'm checking now. Yes, you can get it. You can get the paper form as I have it, or you can get it in digital PDF if you'd like. Um, but uh, I always like Jim's work. Well, I should say I always love Jim's work. So um, I bought this site Unseen, I guess, based on the title that w- it was going to be some kind of play on the old nostalgic uh, crime comics of the day. And that's how it's formatted. Um, it opens up with um, – for those that don't know Jim's work, he often um, will do – Drawings on lined old lined notebook paper, uh, and he opens it up with uh, with the American Dream, dusty roads all covered in blood on one of those lined drawings. Then we get a uh, story uh, called A Diet of Danger, which is um, basically the uh, um, the origin story um, of um, George Hunter White, who. Um, <laughs> For I don't blame people if you don't know who that is. He is one of the main people that was in charge of MK Project MK Ultra, and this uh, this is about him coming up the ranks and eventually becoming one of the heads of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics, which was uh, was the uh, the the organization that oversaw MK Ultra, uh, tied closely to the CIA. And uh, yeah, it's 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 not every day you 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 see the the uh, straightforward biography of the guy who ends up um you know uh creating kind of the craziest government experiment we've at least that we know about um and then <laughs> glad last said that. But, what's that I'm glad you said that that we know about. that we know about yes, yes. of course so, well that's that's for you because i know i know you i know you were thinking you would have thought if i didn't say it. yes uh and then last but not and that's in color i should say that's drawn in color and this is all written and drawn by jim and then the um the final story is um takes place in the Yukon back in the early 1900s and uh at a mining camp there are uh as 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 these tough men were wont to do they would often get drunk and fight each other out like a fight club and um we uh we get a story of um one of the gentlemen who is uh the best he's the best of the of the boxers of the wrestlers and uh he goes on to become um um you know generally considered um one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time and and he got his start doing you know bare knuckle brawling in the klondike and we uh we see his origin story so it's basically origin stories and then there is a um the on the inside back cover and then the actual back cover which is kind of neat we get another story, so I love that Jim uses every bit of the of the of the paper, um, featuring Andy Warhol and Dusty Rhodes as a professional tag team wrestling against uh, um, some jobbers. But they, it's the headline match of that night was uh, Superstar Billy Graham versus Bob Backlund, and uh, and it's just uh, let me just say that uh, Jim Rugg does a you know you don't think of Jim doing likenesses very often, but he does a great great Dusty Rhodes and a great Andy Warhol. So just good stuff. I don't know that Jim is capable of making something that I don't at least appreciate in some way. Um, and then last, but certainly not least uh, you can go back in the 11 o'clock comics archives at 11 where all our episodes are available for free. If you are so inclined and you can do a search for weapon Brown, uh, we have spoken about it several times over the years, including uh, a, a very long loving, uh ode to it that I gave after I read all of it. And um, um like many of you listening, uh I backed the Kickstarter for Jason Youngbluth's follow up, Weapon Brown Aftershock, and it's finally in my hands and I devoured it this week. And of the three uh things that I read in the indie comics world, I love them all, but I would say this was certainly my favorite. It's the mediest, and the premise is relatively straightforward. Uh, a um, a iron, or sort of an armor clad, including they're, they're wearing a, a metal face mask. Uh, wanderer shows up to a uh, outpost in the dog patch, and sits down at a campfire with a bunch of other um, uh, nomads, and they're all telling stories with one another, and this this armor-clad person looks strikingly similar to uh, to Mr. Weapon Brown, and uh, and the, the word balloons look look and read strikingly similar to Popeye. So, um, uh, which for those that don't know is who you know, it's certainly all tied together. And you're like, okay, uh, and you start hearing uh, they each start telling tales of Weapon Brown that they had heard over the years. And it's basically like an anthology, but it's all written and drawn by young Bluth. Each of the tales, it's sort of like a thousand one Arabian nights is uh, a standalone. Um, and, and I think many of them are, are fictitious in this world, meaning that uh, they actually didn't happen in the way that these people heard of them or remembered them. And, uh, and the real, I mean, this was going to be a home run for me no matter what, but where I really just did not know was coming and just, just a love young blue 4. each of the stories is drawn in a different style and they're drawn to pay homage to different EC greats. Mm. So the first story is drawn to look like Mr. Jack Davis.
1: That's a tough the,
0: gig. Dude, it, it's crazy. But I you got to see some of these panels. It like, it's like spot on. It's crazy. It's crazy. The, um, the, uh, and he goes from there it's uh the, the one of the stories which probably is going to be salt peter for vince for vince but is meant to look like don martin um we've got uh, and, and so forth uh, but but i am stunned at how well a job jason does at paying homage to these different artistic styles because obviously from a structural and story standpoint he also is paying homage to different comic strip characters it's the whole nature of this all set in a post-apocalyptic world and um I was both thrilled to read it and sad because I'm assuming this is probably, for real, for real, the last Weapon Brown we're going to ever get. Maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, we had to wait a long time to get this. And I'm very glad that we do have this follow-up. And it was certainly a worthy addition to what I think is just an outstanding world that uh, that, that Jason created. So, wow. Weapon Brown Aftershock. Jason, half full.
1: Come on. Right? Jeez. Half full? Yeah, the glass.
0: Oh! Oh no! I'm just saying. No, I'm saying appreciate what we got. If this is the last that we ever get of it, I, then I'm. Um, I got a lot of love and enjoyment out of what he gave us. I, I certainly hope he goes back to it, but you never know.
1: Here's hoping. That yes, love
0: and lost. Love the weapon. It's dude. true.
1: And um, here's hoping that you check out our Patreon page, Patreon.com forward slash Eleven O'clock Comics. We have a ton of stuff that we just shovel that's the appropriate word we shovel it <laughs> towards our patrons Keep we have on you yes we have images audio downloads sometimes like 5 6 hours of stuff that the regular people the the plebs the noobs the normies the normies don't hear on the feed you get all that you get um you can download original comic fanzines from days mm-hmm. gone by all public domain um You get to vote into the book of the month, and if you're savvy, you get to join the dedicated Slack channel, the Familia. We meet each and every day and talk about everything. (laughs) It's true. Everything. Exercise, comics, movies, TV, yeah, yeah. depression, triumphs, anxiety, yeah, tribulations. It's great. It's great so uh, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics do yourself a favor get yourself to a comic book store whether online or physical buy some comics read them talk about them enjoy them hug your family be there for your pets and your children and say good night <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a long intro sorry shitty video. David! I think Dee Wallace I... is in it. I... If I remember correctly. Good old Dee Wallace. Abused by Rob Zombie. Why well, she agreed to be in that travesty of a film is beyond me. But whatever. And then I had to laugh. There are images out of San Diego of Rob Zombie's monsters action figures. Like... <laughs> maybe there's two people out there <laughs> that are like, yeah, I gotta have that. Yeah. Facts. David. Nice. I think you nailed that one. Okay, I think right. so. Good boy.
0: Bang and about out. business. Yeah,
1: come back next time, people, because we love you, and we'll have something for you other than scintillating comics discussion. Maybe some finger food, an aperitif.
0: <laughs> maybe some finger popping. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Just-
2: I <laughs> said
1: aperitif. I said aperitif. How about that? Oh, you did. That's wow. a French You've been
2: word. Been watching the bear. Holy shit! No. no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're right.
1: <laughs> 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 I'm glad that I could fuel your enjoyment. That's great. I love you.
0: How come nobody's talking about The Witcher? Like, why did you guys watch it? No, I mean, I'm I'm excited to watch the new season. I haven't watched it though.
2: That, that, that Cavill's leaving because you know but yeah i i know that i haven't i i didn't finish the second season yet and i i still i was stupid and i started the the spin-off so i have to i just gotta go back to the beginning i think, and just watch the, them straight through the spin-off is short yeah i know but i started it not i i think i'm into the second episode but i still never finished the second season of the witcher so i just i i just i was all over the place i just i, I need to just the, put my head
1: down. And- the spinoff is much maligned. Like, I don't know why people hate it so much. Again, I, I'm not steeped in the in the Witcher culture. Like, I've never played the games, whatever. Mm-hmm. All I know is what I've seen on Netflix. And I, I think the spinoff was really good.
2: Have you checked out the Dark Horse
1: comics? I talked about them on here, yeah. I, th- I think the Dark Horse comics are
2: very That's good. That's right, you did. You did, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm itching to get my hands on the omnibus booze because i haven't read more than the past i think two miniseries but they're really good yeah and you know it's a good looking show the people in it are very attractive mm-hmm. very attractive. yes i'm i'm st- relatively straight but cavill's a handsome Mophon. oh he is oh, he, oh, he absolutely, absolutely is. Is. yeah yep. for sure he's a turner, no matter what your gender is series my that's my draw i think series just <clears throat> Mm-hmm. But you know I like The 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 waifu With the with the Danita sandwich
2: I like that You do
1: yeah.
2: Alright
1: we're out of here Do you know what to tell them We love you Oh my god Deadpan Come on With some Con mucho gusto Get excited And You know why we're here Cause we love you Nice Breathless I love it Alright we're out of here people
0: Peace. Peace.
2: That's it for that one.